You are listening to Living for the Cinema with Jeff Gershon. I am a cinema enthusiast of all genres, here to discuss with you one film every episode. The good, the bad, and the ugly of what makes each film unique. And just as a warning, these films might be in theaters now, or they may be from 10, 20, 30 years ago. But regardless, there's a strong possibility that I will be revealing spoilers. I might give away the plot or the ending in this review, so just be warned. The film is Blowout. It came out in 1981, just about 40 years ago. It began with a sound that no one was ever supposed to hear. He's the one who saw it? Yes, he says he pulled a girl out of the car. I would like you to forget about her. He recorded a murder. They say it never happened. There's still loose ends. Brian De Palma's Blowout. Now you hear it. Now you don't. It is directed by Brian De Palma. It stars John Travolta, Nancy Allen, John Lithgow, and Dennis Franz. The genre would be conspiracy thriller. Now, I didn't discover this film until just a couple years ago, and now it's one of my favorites. It's peak De Palma, but I think I like it more than most of his other films from this era, you know, the late 70s, early 80s, because it feels more grounded and less focused on pushing the sleaze. Not that there's anything wrong with that. This might also be the best all-around performance Travolta has given, and he's given some good ones for sure. Travolta plays Jack, a sound effects man for movies, who's out one night recording sounds near a bridge, when suddenly he hears a BAM, and a car crashes into the water, skidding off the bridge. He dives into the water, and he saves the life of a woman, an escort named Sally, who's played by Nancy Allen. Unfortunately, there was one other person in that car, and he did not make it out alive. And that person happened to be the governor who also just announced he was running for president. So later on, after the accident has happened and everybody's at the hospital, Jack is asked by the governor's chief of staff to keep things quiet, as is Sally, since the late governor was apparently married, hence a potential scandal. Who are you? My name is Lawrence Henry. I work for Governor McGrine. Uh. He was also a friend. He was my friend. Look, I, I'm I'm very sorry about the governor, and I, I I obviously would have loved to have saved his life too. But uh, I mean, I was there, and she was there. Well, we know what happened, but the governor is dead now, and we don't want to embarrass his family. Do you have any idea what the press would do if they got a hold of a thing like this? Well, what do you want me to do? Just say she wasn't there? I mean, uh, I already told the police. That's already taken care of. The official story becomes that this was a freak accident and that the governor died driving alone as a result of a tire blowout, hence the title. But Jack has recorded the whole thing and suspects that it was actually a gunshot and that someone intended to do this to smear the governor. Whomever was behind it might want to keep Jack and Sally quiet, yet Jack wants the truth to get out, and of course the plot thickens from there. There's something bugging me, this whole thing with Henry. I mean... You know, the guy that's uh, the governor's assistant. Oh, he talked to you too, huh? That's why I'm leaving town. He gave me some money to disappear for a couple of months. I thought so. Look, they are covering up a lot more than you being with McRyan. I mean, I know that tire was shot out. How can you be so sure? All right, did you see News Today magazine? Yeah. Photographs? I figured out a way of putting my sound with those photographs. When you see it, 
I'm sure you'll see there was no blowout. All of this is shot and directed masterfully. De Palma keeps things well-paced and tense, and yet his camera is always lingering around, following different characters into dangerous situations, keeping things ground level, and even feeling voyeuristic at times. And special props has to go to the legendary director of photography, Vilmos Zygmunt, for pulling this all off. Unfortunately, Vilmos Zygmunt left us five years ago, but I seem to keep running into this guy's work. He did Close Encounters, The Long Goodbye, The Ghost in the Darkness, Real Genius, and even a guilty pleasure I recently revisited, a film called Sliver, where the best scenes are actually portraying voyeurism taken to the next level. Now, was Sliver an objectively good movie? Not in the slightest, but it was surely watchable and it looked fantastic thanks to this guy, Vilmos Zygmunt. One standout sequence involves a creepy serial killer, or is he? We don't know, played by John Lithgow in what might be his finest villain performance, and he's had quite a few, carefully stalking a prostitute around a train station. And of course, this is De Palma, naturally. He's the master of set pieces set in train stations. Apparently, this film featured one of the first official usages of the Steadicam, and it's fully utilized as De Palma and Zygmunt take us through this creepy incident step-by-step, corner-by-corner. We're sometimes following Lithgow, other times we're following the prostitute. But the whole sequence is done with such precision, we feel like we're peeking in on it. As is also the case with so many absorbing sequences of Travolta's Jack analyzing the sounds and images of that accident involving Sally and the governor. He ends up playing it out again and again, like the Zabruder film. These scenes take on such a tactile nature that it becomes easy to understand how getting to the bottom of things would consume a single-minded technician like Jack. Watching them, I couldn't help but wonder if De Palma was at least partially inspired by similar sequences from a film that came out about seven years earlier called The Conversation, which happened to be directed by his buddy Francis Coppola. And Coppola was already a legend by this time, so it says a lot about the quality of this film that De Palma was pretty much directing stuff on his level. Now what the hell makes you think he's going to give them to us? He's got to, it's evidence. I can't find him, Terry. Find him, it's your job, man. Don't tell me how to do my goddamn job. Well, he could answer some questions like what the fuck he was really doing with his camera up there. Nobody wants to know. Nobody cares. No sordid details. No political assassination. Accident. This guy's dead for Christ's sake. None of this shit's gonna do him any good now. This isn't for him. I know he's dead. Don't you understand that if they can get away with this and kill McRyan, who's next? The final 10 minutes of this film are likely what helped this film's legend grow over the past 40 years since its release. Those 10 minutes have been discussed and dissected, and deservedly because they might be the best 10 minutes De Palma has ever directed. Now, I won't dare spoil them if you haven't seen this, but I'm grateful that they have helped give this film the legs that it deserves. Blowout was sadly a flop upon release, and was likely as good a reason as any as to why Travolta spent the rest of the 80s pretty much in film purgatory, just making one mindless attempted star vehicle after another. We're talking Staying Alive, Perfect, Two of a Kind, Look Who's Talking, remember that one? He was clearly spooked into taking on ultra-safe projects for a while, until eventually some young up-and-coming director, and a director who coincidentally loved him in Blowout, decided to surprisingly cast Travolta as the lead in his second film, That film was called Pulp Fiction, and the rest was history. And that brings us to the categories. The first category would be Best Needle Drop. This is the best song cue or piece of score used throughout the runtime of the film. Now, Pino DiNaggio, he composed the score for this film, and it's a gorgeous, lush score with a pretty haunting central theme. A more quiet version of this theme 
plays over the panoramic image towards the end of the climax. Now, if you've seen this film, you know the one I'm talking about. It's a gorgeous circular shot of one character with fireworks going off behind them, and this music playing quietly just makes it that much better. That's your needle drop. The next category would be wasted talent. This is the most underutilized talent involved with the film. Of course, I'm going to veer a little bit on this one because this film is a classic. But here's a basic question. Outside of Rocky movies or films directed by M. Night Shyamalan, why isn't the city of Philadelphia used more in movies? 1980s Philly is used to gorgeous effect in this film. With the elevated trains, the federal buildings in the center, and the row houses throughout, Philadelphia is as cinematic a city as New York, Chicago, Boston, and certainly L.A. So this category is more about a wasted city, wasted location. We need to have more Philly representation in movies. Bottom line. The next category would be the trailer moment. This is the scene or moment that best describes this movie. If you're trying to sell this movie to somebody, this is what you show them. Now, I've said it before, and I will say it again. Brian De Palma is the king of sequences set in train stations. The extended subway chase in Carlito's Way, the bullet train climax from Mission Impossible, and of course, the legendary stairway shootout at the train station in The Untouchables. He just owns this setting, and Blowout is no different. In the third act, there's an extended sequence when we hear Travolta's Jack listening in while Nancy Allen's Sally walks with a mysterious figure who they have arranged a meeting with, and the meeting is regarding the tape that Jack made of the titular Blowout. This meeting was planned by both of them, and it all takes place at the 30th Street Station in Philadelphia. Almost immediately, Jack realizes that the person Sally is meeting with might not have her best interests in mind, so he starts to walk frantically to follow them. She also starts to subtly drop hints as to where in the station they are going, and he starts following them and they can hear each other. It's a super tense sequence, and just cross-cutting between Travolta and Alan in the sequence, it really nails the unsettling vibe that De Palma has been aiming for. That brings us to the MVP. This is the person or people who are most responsible for the success of this film. Demented. Deranged. Deceptive. De Palma. Now, what I just said was actually the poster tagline for another thriller that he directed in 1992 called Raising Cain, which also co-starred John Lithgow, as it turns out. And that pretty much says it all. This is Brian De Palma at his turbocharged best. This is his movie through and through. It's gorgeously shot, blisteringly paced, lurid, suspenseful, and even quite emotional as it builds up to its memorable conclusion. Yes, he found a great muse in John Travolta, who really pulls off a very tricky performance, one of his best, as I said earlier. Though, for being honest, Nancy Allen was also De Palma's actual muse, as they did four films together around this time, and they were married at the time of filming. But regardless of the actors he had at the time, De Palma clearly had a story to tell, and he just nails it, with everything coming together for what is probably his best overall film. Hey, Jack, where the fuck are you going? Sam, I'll be right back. Okay? I need you now. Now get in here. 
What do you think? Keep looking. My overall rating for this film would be five stars out of five. This film kicks ass. Blowout is an underappreciated classic that deserves to be seen by more people. So spread the word. It is currently available to watch on the Criterion channel. And that ends another resounding review. Please subscribe to the Living for the Cinema podcast. Follow and like us on Facebook and Instagram. And join us next time for another review from Living for the Cinema. Living for the Cinema.